1: Give y'all a second. Go ahead and take your seats. Join in, we're live right online as well. Awesome. If you're joining us online, God bless you. I encourage you if you're in the area. Don't stay online. Come come visit us. Amen. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there is just some things that you only get by being present. Amen. You can't get on. I'm going to tell you, I, I've always known that. I've always heard it. But, you know, the Bible talks about impartation. Um, but if you were here this last Sunday, it was so amazing. We saw the joy break out in our service and, and the Holy Ghost just did it organically. It was, it was really amazing. Uh, you know, and that's really specific. It, it, and I just find it, uh, I, I'm not dumb enough to think it was a coincidence, but you know, we were all week long, we were at Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's ministry in Tampa, Florida the, the, the whole previous week. And that's his whole ministry. Uh, is the joy if you knew the, the revival that he that he carried in the 90s and how god used them that's his ministry and so i just think wow you know we were there we just sat in it and in the spirit we there was virtue going out you know jesus when the woman with the issue of blood touched his his robe it says virtue went out from him That wasn't something in the physical. It was spiritual. It was power. It was virtue. It was the anointing. It was the Spirit actually went out from Him and went into her body. And that's something that I I believe that happens in the Spirit every time we're in a place like this where the Word of God is being preached. There's things that you 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 don't have to physically see it, but there's things going out being deposited in your spirit. Amen. And that's not something that you can just receive Anyways, I say that to say this. is Dr. Rodney, he never laid hands on us or you know, prayed and impartation. We just simply sat in those meetings all week long, all day long, and, and there was something deposited in our spirit from it. So the same thing happens. That's why if you're, if you're local, uh, you, know, you need to get here because there's things that you'll receive in your spirit that you can't receive online. Amen? Amen. And so honestly any church too that tells us well they're not telling us to cancel church they're just telling us we have to have church online you know <laughs> since when do we let the devil decide how we have church right some per- I'm not going to let some person that knows just by saying that you just showed me you don't know anything about the bible or the holy ghost or the practices of the new testament and what the you know They didn't do random things. There's a reason they gathered together. Amen? And so, you need to come part of these services. I just want to also remind you guys, we have this Sunday, we have special services coming up. Uh, I don't know if he's an evangelist really. I don't know what office he holds, but Minister David King, I'll say that. He's going to be with us Sunday morning, 10.30, Sunday evening, 6 o'clock p.m., and I want to tell you as well, this isn't some random thing that we're doing. You know, we're not just somebody didn't just ask us, hey, can I come preach at your church? And we said, sure. You know, the spirit of God pressed me to invite this person. Uh, and so there's obviously a deposit that's going to be made in us. Yeah. Amen. So you need to be here. You need to make time to be here. Clear your schedule. Uh you know, seek first the kingdom. I, say, I hear that all the time. I've had friends I've invited to things in the past and they always tell me things like, well, you know, I had to work late or
0: we were busy or this or
1: that. And I'm telling them, man, you need to clear your schedule. You need to do what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and everything else will be added unto you. Well, I really couldn't go to that revival meeting because, you know, I, we just had to work. We had things going on. Take vacation time. If you've got to take a day of vacation to go and get in the things of God, God sees that. And He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek after Him. The Bible says if you draw near to Him, He draws near to you. Yes. Y'all, I'm telling you, this casual, like, <laughs> this casual approach that we have to God, it's got to it's stop. We, we've got to get hungry for the things of God. And so the Lord's given me a lot of vision. Coming in 2022, the Lord told me that you know, this is going to be a place, we're going to have meetings that happen here. People are going to come in from, from all over the state, from Louisiana, from Oklahoma. People, you're going to start seeing that happen. Not necessarily just to come and move here, um, but I think that what God's going to do, even in this house, is, is, is a major part of, of something that He's planning on the earth in this new season that we're moving into. In the state of Texas, I'm going to tell you, I said it Sunday, but there's a revival that's coming to the state of Texas. I mean, a notable revival that will be documented in the church history books as the Texas revival. I promise you. And you know, here's the thing about revival. Two things. Number one, God never does it the same way twice. You know, that's why there's so many people that will miss it because they were alive in like Brother Hagin's ministry. And they're, they're expecting, they're still looking for something like Brother, Brother Hagin's ministry to come and be the expression. God gave us that. We learn from it. We grow from that. We receive from it. But if we just stay stuck there, we'll completely miss the new thing that He's doing. You know, so there's people they just totally stay in the past. And so with with the new move of God, there's a new expression of the Spirit. There's going to be things done added to the body of Christ. (coughs) Excuse me. There's going to be things added to the body of Christ that we're going to see in the Word. It's not going to be anything outside of the Word, but it's going to be something that's not really known right now in the body of Christ. And so I believe that God's going to begin to open some of that up here in this house. And that's going to happen through these meetings that we have and and the different things that the Lord would lead us to do. And and you're going to see that. You're going to see people coming in, getting a little bit of that impartation of what God's doing and going home and taking it back to their place. Y'all receive that word? Okay. So be here Sunday because it's 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 all a part of God's plan. Hallelujah. Y'all, let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Father, we just declare tonight is not just a Wednesday night that we take lightheartedly. And I don't mean that we need to have heaviness in our spirits, but we know that that your spirit is righteousness, peace and joy and that your burden is light. Uh, your yoke is easy. So I'm not talking about a heavy spirit, but uh, just a, uh, a faith an expectation that's set in the room. I released the word the Lord told my wife Sunday. She, he told her that when people come with faith, when people come with faith, that is the key to, to the thing that the Lord's going to unlock in this church was people come with an expectation. So Father, we set our expectation to receive Your Word tonight. I already know there's prophetic things You've asked me to share from Your Word, and we receive it tonight in faith. Don't let that Word fall on unfertile ground in Jesus' name. Fertile soil that will go on to produce 30, 60, and 100 times the seed of the Word of God that's sown tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Hallelujah. Y'all turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 4. This is where we were at Uh, two weeks ago. Brother Tanner preached last Wednesday. We were in Tampa. Hallelujah. I've heard great things about that. I want to share something with you. We read this, verse 13, last week. And I did not have anything in my notes about it. But if you were here two weeks ago on Wednesday night... The Holy Ghost, when we read verse 13, He just took it, and we totally went and and ran with this revelation God was sharing with us about land ownership. Land ownership. And it's so interesting, ever since that we read that two weeks ago, I'm going to tell you, that's what I've been hearing everywhere that I'm going. Whenever we went to Dr. Rodney's, you know, he also functions as a prophet. And I want to tell you, the Bible says... That God does nothing on the earth without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. That's right. What is that? Amos chapter three verse. We'll put it on the screen. Put it on the screen for me. <coughs> Look at this. Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything, say anything, Amen. until He reveals His plans to His servants, the prophets. That's why we need the prophetic ministry in the church. Y'all, I want to tell you: any pastor that scoffs at prophets is a fool. I've heard, I've met pastors firsthand that they don't want to, they don't want any part of this. They're afraid of prophecy because they're afraid. That new people coming in are going to see that and think it's quacky and weird. And so they actually forfeit one of the gifts Jesus gave to the church to appease, you know, people that have the spirit of the world. that don't even really want to be there. God does nothing on the earth without first revealing it to his servants, the prophets. That's why you need to be plugged into a prophetic ministry. Amen. And I already know the Lord showed me in 2022, he's going to connect us with prophets. There'll be prophets coming into this house, ministering three-day meetings in this house. It's going to be powerful. I want to tell you, it's very different. If you've ever sat underneath a prophet's ministry, it's very different. It's very good, though. Very good. Wonderful. Uh, The Lord actually gave me a revelation of this on Halloween. We were at our house worshiping and praying, and, and, and the Lord showed me this verse, and he said... John, how many prophets did you hear prophesying about COVID-19? And I said, honestly, I'm not saying, I don't know if maybe somebody said a little thing, but i never heard one prophecy, right, about COVID-19 really before, like explicitly before it came. You know what the Lord told me? He said, that's because it didn't come from me. The Lord never does anything. So if you don't hear it from the prophets, that means it's not from the Lord. So all these even people say this is the judgment. COVID-19 was the hand of God judging. No, it actually didn't come from the Lord because the prophets would have said so before it happened. So what does that mean? That if it didn't come from the Lord, who did it come from? The devil. devil. And if it came from the devil, what does that mean? The believer has all authority over it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I want to tell you, if it came from the Lord, there's nothing we can do about it besides buckle up and, and get ready to take a ride and endure it, right? But it didn't come from the Lord, it came from the devil. Are you all with me? Do you all see why, the, how, why is it then that believers would, would compromise, would bow, would shut down to this thing when it came from the devil and believers have all authority over all power of the devil? Luke 10, 19. You know, something that we actually saw if you were here for this, whenever they shut the country down, the Lord led us to a a weekly prayer meeting. So we actually had Wednesday night services. We canceled those Wednesday night services and we said, we're going to have a Thursday night prayer group instead of Wednesday night services. And honestly, guys, we had hardly no one come because everybody wants to come and just hear the word, but hardly anybody wants to really pray. It's kind of a lost thing in the body of Christ and intercede. And one of those services, the Lord actually stopped us in one of those prayer services and says, I want you to split into two groups and I want you to go to the entrance of your city, both entrances that say, Welcome to Huntington. I want you to anoint that sign and I want you to stand in your authority and curse that virus and command it to leave and tell it that it's not allowed to cross this threshold. You know, we did that. And it was so crazy because we began to see outbreaks in Lufkin, outbreaks in Nacogdoches, outbreaks in Beaumont, outbreaks in Houston, all of these outbreaks, but Huntington for a long time was just this little nest egg where it was like nothing was being touched and nothing was being affected. And the Lord told me, He said, you know, if pastors would have stood up in their cities instead of just compromising and actually went and confronted that devil, they wouldn't have had the deaths that they had. They wouldn't have had the shutdown. They wouldn't have had the effects that they had in that city. Amen? Amen. Okay. So, back to the verse 13 here. Ever since I read this this last week, I've just been seeing it. This land ownership. So let's read it. Romans 4.13. It says this, Clearly God's promise To give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not based on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking for something here. Oh, hallelujah. Galatians 3. Look at that real quick. Galatians 3. We're going to come back to that in a second anyways. Right after 2 Corinthians, you'll have Galatians 3. Look at 29. It says. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham and you are his heirs of God's promise to Abraham and it belongs to you. Now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. Say true children of Abraham. So look, go back to Romans 4.13. God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants. Who's his descendants? Well, according to the Bible in Christ, we are the true descendants of Abraham by faith. So what's that promise? To give the whole earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God promised in His Word to give the whole earth to the descendants of Abraham. And according to the Scriptures, we are the descendants of Abraham. So what does that mean for the believer? The earth belongs to us. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord just, that verse just popped out of the page two weeks ago on Wednesday night. And this is one of those verses you need to highlight because this is God making a promise for land ownership to us as believers. Land be- say this. Say, land belongs, to me. land belongs to me. Y'all, I'm telling you right now, we've got to get into higher thinking. Because there's Christians that will come to church and say hallelujah and praise the Lord and do a little dance, but they, they will never get into higher thinking. The Lord says... That's great and that's wonderful. But I need you guys to start thinking higher like possessing territories. Taking land. Hallelujah. Say it again. Say, land belongs to me. I'm going to declare this right now. I'm going to share some some Scripture with you. But 2022 is going to be a year of testimonies of land coming into your possession in Jesus' name. Land is coming into your possession in 2022 in Jesus' name. The properties that are around you, if you've set your faith to it, the Lord says, I'll deliver it to you in Jesus' name. There's some of you that you have empty land that's around you. And you've always, man, I would sure like to have that. The Lord said in 2022, if you'll set your faith to it, land is coming into your possession. It's a covenant right that belongs to you. That's right. You. Hallelujah. Look at Psalms 37. I'm going to read a few things out of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I heard this verse read and it's just been sitting in my spirit. But look how many times the Bible says this. So we just saw that it's a promise for the seed of Abraham. Look what Psalm 37 says in verse three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Say "prosper." prosper. Skip down to verse nine. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Say, we'll possess the land. If you read Psalms 37, it starts out by saying, don't worry about the wicked. Don't envy those that do wrong, for soon they will fade away, the Bible says. So if you look at this in context, God is saying, you're going to see the wicked removed and the righteous take their place. The wicked are coming out and the righteous are coming in. Can you say amen? Guys, we release that word. Sunday, and I got a testimony one or two days later from a brother that says, hey, at work, you know, there's been this guy that's been holding me down and suppressing me a little bit and and suppressing my promotion. They've been here for a really long time. This whole thing. And he says, you'll never believe what happened. The thing that was holding me back from promotion, the person that was holding me back, just put in their two weeks notice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They've been with this company for a really, really long time, for years and years. Somebody set their faith that the wicked are coming out and the righteous are moving in to possess the land. I'm glad, Brother James, I'm so glad you're receiving that. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let it be unto me. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 10. Soon the wicked will disappear. Though you look for them, they will be gone. The lowly will possess the land. Say possess the land. And live in peace and prosperity. Verse 18, day by day the Lord takes care of the innocent. They will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine they will have more than enough. In Jesus' name. Verse 22, Those the Lord blesses will possess the land. Say, will possess the land. land. But those he curses will die. Verse 27, turn from evil and do good, and you will live in the land forever. Verse 29, the godly will possess the land and will live there forever. Hallelujah. Guys, I want to tell you, why do you think David, he's the one that wrote this, had so many victories when you studied in the Bible? How was he able to just go and conquer territory and do all that he did? He had it in his spirit that the righteous will possess the land. The Lord is moving the wicked out and the righteous are moving in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Verse 34, Put your hope in the Lord and travel steadily along His path. And he will honor you by giving you the land. And you will see the wicked destroyed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Look at Proverbs 13.22. Put it up in the New King James Version. Look what it says. A good man leaves. Put it up in the King James. Let's see that. Yep. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Another translation says the wealth of the the sinner is stored up for the righteous. The wealth of the wicked has been stored up for the righteous. Y'all, I want you to think about this. And I want you to grab a hold of this because another thing that we're moving into in the body of Christ is... If you've been listening to prophetic ministries, they've been talking about a wealth transfer. A wealth transfer. That God's stripping the world of its wealth and giving it to the church. The same thing that we saw modeled in the, in, in the book of Exodus that God literally stri- stripped Egypt of their wealth and it says that He escorted them out of Egypt, Psalms 105. He says it removed all feebleness from among them and, and they, they, they carried out the spoils of Egypt. The silver and the gold was handed over to the children of God. You know, and so people that are like anti, you know, they like believe this poverty thing and they don't want to bind to this. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the righteous. Let me ask you this. Is that talking about heaven? No. Why? Why is it not talking about heaven? Because the wicked don't have any wealth stored up in heaven. The wicked don't have any treasure in heaven. So it can only be talking about life on this earth. Amen. So the Lord says there's a time that has been set apart, set aside, appointed that we will step into where we will see the wealth of the wicked stripped and stored up and delivered to the righteous in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Flip over to Deuteronomy 6. Verse 10, it says, The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at that. Say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God swore promised land just like we read in Romans 4. There's a promise that the seed of Abraham will inherit the whole earth. The Lord your God will soon bring you into the land that he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God made a covenant with Abraham. I want you to see that. And we're going to flip back to Galatians 3 in just a moment. What was was a piece of that covenant? It says, It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns that you did not dig. You will eat from vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. Hallelujah. So the Lord actually promised Abraham and his seed that I'm taking you into a land that is fully supplied that you didn't even have to do any of the work Anybody in here believing for a house? A couple of you believing for a house? You can stand on this word that there's somebody building your house for you in Jesus' name. You're not even going to have to go through the headache of, of, of all the loan work and the design and all that, that, that jump. There's somebody right now that's building the perfect house. They think they're building it for themselves, but they're actually building it for you. You believe that? It's being delivered to you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's people even for this church right now, there's people that they, they don't walk in covenant with God and they're, they're spending lots and lots of money built, buying up acreage around us. And they don't realize that they're, that, they're, that they're spending all the money and the Lord's just going to deliver it to His people. Hallelujah. Y'all, I'm telling you right now that there's churches, church buildings that are beautiful, magnificent. All this time and money's went into building them up. They've spent all this money you know, making this grand, beautiful thing. And they didn't stand for Jesus. They didn't want Jesus. They didn't welcome the Holy Ghost. And we're moving into a season where the Lord's moving them out and moving the righteous in. You're actually going to see small churches stepping into grand places that have been prepared for them. Hallelujah. You know, I told you this word that we're stepping into a time, this kingdom time, where the Bible says the Kingdom of Heaven is like a seed that is sown. Like a mustard seed. It's the smallest of all seeds, but whenever it grows and matures, it becomes the largest of all garden plants. The Lord told me one year ago from this month that we're going to see that take place. Where he, He's been preparing me. We're stepping into this season where you're going to see the smallest things become the largest things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah listening to Minister Kent Christmas. You've ever heard of him? Kent Christmas? He's a prophet of the Lord. He was talking about how there's a, God is pouring out His glory and raising up a remnant of people that are going to carry this move of God and carry this revival. And he says that they're a bunch of no-named people. They're not a bunch of celebrity pastors and ministers that have already been used. A bunch of no-named men and women. He's raising them up and you're going to see the smallest things become the largest things. I'm telling you right now in Jesus name, you know, brother Zach, starting a business. Many of many of you may have that in your heart to do that. If you build that thing in covenant with God, you're going to see the smallest thing become the largest thing. Hallelujah. The smallest little mom and pop places, but they build their 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 business on the kingdom with kingdom vision. The Lord's going to prosper it in Jesus name. I'm going to keep saying it until I feel like you get what's in my spirit because you've got to set your eyes higher. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love being at Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's because he's—I mean his vision is just... If anything, you receive from the man's ministry, it's his vision. And guys, I want to tell you something. You've got to see it in your spirit before you ever see it in your hand. Why am I preaching this so hard right now? And some of y'all are just staring at me like you don't care if you receive it. I want to tell you right now, you need to get some kingdom vision inside of you. You have to see it in your spirit before you'll ever see it in your hand. We're going to talk about Abraham in just a moment. And if you study the book of Genesis, before Abraham ever had a son, God took him outside and showed him the stars, didn't he? He said, look at the stars. You see how many stars there are? So it will be with your descendants. Why did God do that? Because Abraham had to see it. He had to get a picture in his mind of what that wave looked like, of the, the number that that looked like. And he had to get it so that now he can put his faith behind it and begin moving in that direction. God had to let Abraham see it before he ever saw it. You think about the story of Jacob. He made a deal with his father-in-law. He said the father-in-law said, "I'll keep all of the animals that are pure, they don't have spots or stripes, but any of the livestock that comes out that's striped or speckled, you get to keep all of that." What did God have Jacob do? Go and take a branch and stripe it and mark it up and put it in their watering dish." So the animals came and began to look at it. You guys know science that an animal doesn't breed striped babies by looking at a striped branch. That doesn't work scientifically, right? So what was it that made the animal striped? His faith. He had to see the striped branch before he could ever see the striped cattle. Are y'all with me? you got to see it in your spirit before you ever see it in your hand. The righteous shall possess the land. We're moving into a time right now where the, I'm telling you guys, the the, the, little, the, the deep state, they're not going to control our cities and territories. The government's not going to control our cities and territories. Local churches are going to control the city and territories. You're going to have board meetings where, where before they can do anything, they got to go check with the with the governing church of that area. Is it okay if we do this? That's right. Is it okay if we, you know? The body of Christ stepping into such a place of prosperity where we say things like, hey, you know, we really don't like the Huntington Red Devils. I really hate that name. Oh, OK. No problem. We'll change that right away. That's right. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Is, is anybody else believe that? Is that too high for anybody's faith in the room? No problem. I know you guys contributed like two million dollars last year. So yeah, we'll change. What do you want? You want to be the Huntington Bumblebees? We can do that. Hallelujah. Huntington Red Warriors, right? In Jesus name. We're moving into that time. That's right. You need to get this in your spirit right now because God when he moves, he can only move by faith. That's right. And do not be a person that in a year from now and 2 years from now and 3 years from now you look back and this person's blessed. This person's blessed. It happened for this person and this person and this person. But you sat there and said, man, I sure wish I wouldn't have been skeptical about all that. Sure wish I wouldn't have missed all that. Because when God moves, he can only move on faith. In Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, they overthrew kingdoms. They subdued mighty armies. They received their dead back, or their, the, the, the dead back from the grave. And they received all that God had promised them by faith. Say faith. Faith. So that means without faith, you can't receive one promise from God. Well, if God wanted me healed, why am I sick all the time? Well, God God wants you healed. It's not a matter of what he wants. He can't do anything without your faith. You know that it was faith that launched Jesus into his first, into, I'm sorry, not his first miracle, it launched Jesus into his ministry. You ever study John chapter 2, the first miracle where he turned water into wine? If you study that, <clears throat> they ran out of wine. And Jesus' uh, mother said, Jesus, do something about this. And he looked at her and said, Woman, my time has not yet come. Say, hey, it's not my time. Then what happened? Mary rose up in faith. She said, nope, something's got to be done. I'm going to put my faith out. It says that she actually turned to the servants in faith and said, do whatever he says. Wait, he just said his time hadn't come. Why would she say that? She was saying it in faith. Nope, I believe you're going to do something because I know my God and my God meets needs. There's a need here. Turn to the servants, do whatever he says. And then what happened? Jesus launched into his miracle ministry from that moment forward. It was, minute, it was her faith that moved the hand of God. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you guys, seriously, this is why it's so important that we learn how faith works, because I know we go through things sometimes, we get upset, and we cry, and we beg God. But I want to tell you guys, begging does not move the hand of God. Our tears, as much as it breaks God's heart, our tears don't move the hand of God. There's only one currency in heaven, and it's faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. The currency of the United States is the American dollar. If I go into Brookshire Brothers right there and I want to buy a loaf of bread, I have to put down an American currency and they give me the loaf of bread. I want to tell you, tears are not the currency of heaven. You can't go to the counter and cry and beg. And, and he's sitting there saying, I want you to have it. You, faith is the currency. That's right. Amen. So, we got to see it. Thank You, Lord. I'm telling you right now, (laughs) the righteous. The Lord has prepared these things for the righteous. I'm going to release this Word right now in Jesus' name. You know, there's all these multi-millionaires that have built these huge stadiums around the United States of America. and They think that they built them for the Houston... What's the Houston team? Houston Texans. The Dallas Cowboys, right? They think that they built those stadiums for the Dallas Cowboys. But I am going to tell you, we're going to step into arenas that the devil built, but they were actually built for us. You're going to see crusades happening in the United States of America that's going to fill stadiums, that's going to fill arenas, that's going to look like we're in third world countries where we see these mighty crusades with millions of people like like Brother Reinhard Bonnke's crusades. We're going to step into stadiums that we've never built. We're going to step into places that were prepared for us by the enemy and we'll just possess them for free in Jesus name. Hallelujah. There's things in this community that have been prepared for the people of God. That's right. There are things in Lufkin, Texas that have been prepared for you. There's things in Zavala that have been prepared for you. Things in Huntington, Texas that have been prepared for you. Things in Angelina County that have been prepared for you. And the Lord says, if you'll believe Me, you'll see it come into your possession in 2022. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The wealth of the wicked has been stored up for the righteous. We're going to see that transfer take place. It has to. It ha- God's word, God's not a liar. He said that His word never returns void to Him. And I believe that Jesus Christ <laughs> coming back, Jesus' return is very soon. Very, very soon. I don't know if we have three years, 10 years, 20 years, even if we have 20 years. That means that God's got 20 years for this word to be fulfilled. The wealth of the wicked stripped and returned to the righteous. Hallelujah. That's faith. Brother James just said in faith, I'm going to be one of them. That's how faith talks. That's how you got to learn to talk. You believe, therefore, you speak. I'll tell you that as well. If you'll start using your mouth, you'll see these things come into your hand. If you will start using your mouth, you'll see these things come into your hand. You have to stop talking like a pathetic person. Y'all, I'm telling you, I love you so much and I know pretty much everyone in this room. You're not babies. You know, so I wouldn't say this to like a one-year-old. You better stop talking like a pathetic person. But even my daughter's three years old and there's things that I say to her like, hey, you're three now. It's about time for you to learn some of these things. You're not going to whine and throw a fit and act like a baby. You're a big girl now, right? Let's talk to the church like they're big boys and girls now you got to stop talking like victims. You gotta, guys, we got to stop talking like losers. And we have to start talking from our identity and covenant that we have. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Say, I will possess the land. I will possess the land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll add another thing to it. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Look what the blessing of the Lord looks like. It says this. We'll read 1 through, let's see here, 14. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep His commands I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You'll experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. I want to just just transfer this right now into our covenant. You'll experience these blessings if you obey Not the the letter of the law. The Lord replaced the letter of the law with the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. Now we aren't bound by the law, but we're sealed by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. So when we obey, yes, it is chapter and verse, but it's not stone tablets. We have the inward witness of the Holy Ghost. You'll experience these blessings if you'll submit to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me to still waters. He leads me to green uh, green pastures. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. I've obviously picked a few verses out of that, but Jesus said, I have come. The enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy, and I came that you may have life and life abundantly. That's what Jesus said. So what's God's will for you? It's the blessing of the Lord. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and adds no sorrow to it. Anybody that says stupid things like that, I just don't like that prosperity gospel. I'm going to start saying like, I don't like the poverty gospel because it's not the gospel. I don't know how poverty falls into John 10.10. So, and y'all act like, you know, if you're ever a part of this church, you know why, why we want to prosper. I talked to you about that extensively Sunday morning. You've got to ask why. You know, the Lord's raising people up to the multi-million dollar level so they can live off the tithe and give the Lord 90%. Where you have such a surplus where you say, Lord, I have enough to live off of my tithe and I'm going to sow 90% 90 into world missions, into evangelism, into the end time harvest, into souls, into crusades, into the work of the Lord on the earth. Amen. And so, this is what he says. If you obey the Lord your God, he says your towns will be blessed. Your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Hallelujah. You know that was a verse. While my wife was pregnant with Oakland, she had experienced miscarriages before, and you know we went into our uh, pregnancy in faith. And I would stand on this Word every day. Lord, You said My children would be blessed. Dead is not blessed. Simple as that. This child has to live. I would declare it every day. This child will live and not die. And I would use multiple Scriptures, but this would be one. You said My children would be blessed. She has to be alive to be blessed, Lord. That's right. She will live and not die according to the Word of the Lord. You know what happened? We had a miracle baby. We saw the Lord heal her from gestational diabetes to all these things they diagnosed her with. She just kept coming back. Negative report, we'd go put our faith behind it, go back to the doctor, positive report. Negative report, go and get in prayer and put our faith behind it, go back to the doctor, get a positive report. That baby was delivered. Healthy, alive, beautiful. And now I told, I told the Lord the whole time she was pregnant, I kept saying, Lord, I can't wait to take that baby and shove it right in the devil's face and laugh at him, Say, ha, 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 look what I got. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, I laugh. I mean, <laughs> hallelujah. And it makes them so mad. You know, me and Miss Kim were talking about this, uh, and I I was actually listening to a message Brother Copeland preached that he said, the the Bible says the power of death and life are in the tongue. Did you know that whether you live or you die is not determined by God's sovereign will, it's determined by the words that you speak? Somebody put the verse up. The power of death and life is in the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 18.21 Put it up in the New King James. New King James. Death and life are in the power of Say the tongue tongue. and those who love it will eat its fruit. Another verse says from the fruit of your mouth, you will be satisfied. The Lord told me this about a year and a half ago, he said, whether you live will be determined by the words that you speak. And if you die, it'll be determined by the words that you speak. And so Brother Copeland was talking about this, and it's so true. He said the devil, the devil doesn't have the right to just do anything he wants to you as a believer. That's right. Did you know that? Yeah. Not only have we been given all authority over him, but it actually says that we've been seated in Christ in Ephesians 1, and we are seated far above any ruler, authority, principality in this world and in the unseen world. Say far above. So that means that God seated us in a place that's so far over his head he doesn't He do you think the devil has the right to walk up to the throne of Jesus Christ and slap him in the face? Then why do we think he has a right to touch us? Because we're seated in him on the throne in heaven. He's translated us from the kingdom of light. I'm sorry, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We talked about Colossians chapter 2. He's disarmed spiritual rulers, principalities, and authorities. Amen. Strip them of their power. I love how it talks about in 1 John, it says, And we know that the Lord loves us, and the evil one touches us not. That's right. Amen. So think about that. The devil can't do what he wants to do whenever he wants to do it. The devil doesn't have the legal right. To wreak havoc on your life. Okay. So how does He gain access to our lives? He has to work off of our words. If we're sick, it's because we've been sowing sickness with our words. Well, how many of y'all know it's, it's, that, it's cold season? Well, why do you even say that? How about reverse it and say, you know what, this year I'm not getting the flu in Jesus' name. That flu can go to hell in Jesus' name. I'm going to be healthy in Jesus' name. I'm not going to miss a day of work at all this flu season in Jesus' name. You know, that's why when this COVID thing came out, we went to Psalms 91 and we began to preach it into our people. I mean, I'm telling you, probably by the end of that year, you could almost quote the whole thing by memory. Because we wanted to get it in you. You would start confessing these things. Where you would actually begin to believe, it's impossible for me to get COVID. It's impossible for me to die of this thing. And I want to tell you, when you really begin to believe that, you won't walk around with a mask on your face. Well, I believe it, but just to be sure. No, you really don't. You don't believe it. It's impossible. It's impossible to be fully convinced of something. I've used this analogy before, but how many of you checked the chair you sat in before you sat down? Did you check it? Did you go up to it? Okay, you know, it's going to No, you just sat down. Why? You had a subconscious faith that that chair would hold you. You believe that chair would hold you so much that even you didn't even have to think about it. Subconsciously, you already knew it. You just sat right down. That's what the level of faith we have to rise up to in the word of God. We don't even have to sit here and try to convince ourselves. We believe the word of God even at a subconscious level. That thing's not going to kill me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you think Jesus laid hands on leopards? Do well, you think He was afraid? Oh, hope their leprosy doesn't spread to me. No. He said many times, there's not a single devil on this earth that has the ability to take me off before it's my time. That's right. Why do you think they tried to push Him off ledges and He just walked right through the crowd untouched? It's like they tried to touch Him, but they couldn't. He, nobody has the power. He says the Son of Man... We'll die, but only because He chooses to do so. You know, they mocked Him and said, if you're the Son of God, why don't you call out and ask the Lord to take you off that cross? You know, He had the authority. He could have. He could have climbed up on that cross and commanded angels to come and delivered Him right off of it. And he could have lived. He gave His life. You know, and I want to tell you, not only did Jesus give his life, Apostle Paul gave his life. Because then people will use the argument, well, what about all the martyrs? You think that they were caught off guard by their deaths? They weren't caught off guard by their deaths. If you study Paul's ministry, he knew he was going to die. Why do you think he told Timothy, Timothy, I've ran my race? I've finished my race. I've kept the faith. I've poured out my life like a drink offering. He knew he was at the end of his life. The Lord had already told him. He could have, I believe this, Paul could have lived longer. If you actually study the book of Acts, the Lord told him through prophecy three different times what was going to happen when he went to Jerusalem. He was going to leave in chains. But Paul went. You know why he went? I finished my race. I'm done. He's like, to to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's better for me to go, but for y'all's stinking sakes, I'll stay a little bit longer. As soon as he got that, that permission slip from the Lord that his assignment was done, he said, I'm out of here. See you. And he gave his life to be martyred. Why do you think that when he was on the island of Malta, the viper jumped up and bit him? Did he pray about it? Did he dance around in circles? Did he, oh my God, I better use my faith right now. He believed the Word of God even at the subconscious level. No, no I, I could drink something poisonous and it shall by no harm harm me in any way. I'll tread on serpents and scorpions. That's right. He shook it right off into the fire. Went on with his business. Are you all still with me here? So you got to start believing it. you got to start speaking the Word of God. So it says, you know what? It's so funny because I have so much planned for Romans chapter 4. Like, we're going to get into faith. I'm already talking about faith, but I haven't even scratched the surface of what we're going to talk about next week uh, in Romans 4. But today, what I was preparing... I was like so excited about these notes that I was making, and the Holy Ghost was like, you're not even going to get to them. You know that you're not moving off of verse 13. I knew that I wasn't going to. I mean, I just knew the Lord was going to open it up when we, when we got into it. Your towns will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they'll scatter from you in seven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're going to see that take place. If you'll set your faith to it and you'll walk in covenant with God and not let sin in your life for the devil to have a chance to, to get in there and, and not speak these words for him to have seed to stand on or ground to sow on stand on, you'll see this happen. People that are hell-bent on your demise, they're going to get so frustrated in the next few months in the coming year because they're going to be like, no matter what I tried to do, nothing works with this person. I have tried to take this person out so many times and it just it's like it, it just bounces right off of them. And then you're going to literally see the Lord begin to remove them and you're going to you're going to step into promotion in Jesus name. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything that you do. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord told me this. Say scatter. Let me go back up to the verse. Verse 7. Scatter. They'll attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in 7. You know what the scatter means? It means that they're just confusion. They're being removed. They're in all different directions. Y'all, I'm telling you, you better start watching. There's people around here that the Lord said, they're about to be shipped out of this place. Not just this church, this county. There's people that have risen up against this church. They're going to be gone in the next couple of years. If you want me to be honest with you, and this isn't my words, this was from the prophet Kent Christmas. He actually prophesied judgment was coming, not on the Christian and not on the sinner. But on the reprobates, on the false teachers and the false prophets in the house of God, on the wolves and sheep's clothing in the house of God. And he actually said that we're going to begin to see lions lined up out of funeral homes. The Lord you guys think, well, does the Lord do that? Ask Ananias and Sapphira, does the Lord do that? New Testament. Book of Acts. Drop dead at the feet of Peter. I remember being at Seeph and I. And hearing these stories, and I, they always stuck with me, but one day our, our professor, his name was Dennis Lindsay, Quiet man. He just had this huge chair he would bring out on the stage. He's an older man. He would just sit there and teach and just talk about right here. And, and he began to, by the Holy Ghost one day, told us a story. He said, let me guys tell you what happens when you raise up against the Lord's anointed. And he said, one time he starts to tell the story, we had this person on our board and they got offended and they told us, I'm going to see to it with my last breath that this school is closed down. He said, you know what happened to them? They died. And then he said, there was another person that tried to sue this school and then he goes on to tell the story. You know what happened to them? They died. Then there was this, and then he just tells like 10 stories. They died. They died. They died. And I want to tell you guys, the church is the bride of Christ. I've heard a preacher say it. And it's so true. It says you can be the nicest man in the room, but slap the nicest man's wife across the face and you'll see a different man come out. You don't touch the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and get away with it without losing your life. You're going to see government officials dropping dead. You're going to see people being removed. If they won't go willingly, the Lord's going to remove them. Even in body bags. Because I want to tell you guys something. There's a difference. It's not condemning sinners. There are different classes of people. You put yourself into a different category when you just go from... I'm not talking about Oh, the people, that they're stuck in homosexuality. God's just going to start killing them. That's not what God does. He loves them. He gives them time to repent. But you put yourself in a different category when you make it your assignment to shut down the church. To put your hand on the church. You put yourself in a different category of people. The Lord don't even have to put you there. You put yourself there. So it says, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do. He'll fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land He's giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in His ways, the Lord will establish you as His holy people, as He swore He would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you're a people claimed by the Lord, and they'll stand in awe of you. And I want to tell you right now, that we are coming into a time where you will see a clear distinction between the people of the world and the people that are in covenant with God. A, I'm telling you guys, just like they could see the children of Israel, they didn't have to... Are they, are they Philistines? We're not really sure. There was a blessing on them where they knew they were children of the Most High God. They knew that they were a nation claimed by the Most High God. You know the United States used to be a nation like that? The whole world would look at the United States. Why do you think they all wanted to come here? That place ain't like everywhere else. They didn't call it the land of opportunity for no reason. It was a nation that was birthed in covenant with God and for hundreds of years. The blessing of the Lord, the hand of the Lord was on this place. I believe that in Jesus' name. We're coming back to that place. There's going to be revival. There's going to be reformation. There's going to be things moved out. And the the United States is going to come back underneath the faucet of God's blessing. The hand of the Lord. And be restored to our destiny. Be restored to our rightful place. As a covenant nation. In Jesus' name. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land that He swore to your ancestors to give you blessing you with many children. Say, many children. children. Hallelujah. That blessing's been working pretty good in this church. We've had a lot of children being born. Numerous livestock and abundant crops. That's funny. Our brother Zach and Casey over there, we told them the first week They came. We're like, hey, if you guys don't drink, if you're not wanting a baby, don't drink from the water fountain, because I want to tell you what you drink from that water, you're going to (laughs) get because we had three babies, actually four babies come from one revival week that we had here at the church, or at least within a few weeks. It was supernatural. Uh, Anyways, that was just that was supposed to be funny. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from His rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Look at this. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. So not only are we stepping into land, guys, I'm talking about we're stepping into debt-free land. The Lord's removing debt in Jesus' name. Part of this land possession is the... you're i want to tell you people say well i own this house and i own this car but in really in, in actuality we don't own it until it's paid for that's not in our name until we pay for it and it's paid off now we actually own it part of this land ownership promise is we're gonna you're gonna own the land that you're in right now that's right. you're gonna owe your you're gonna own your land with no loan that's due to any bank that's right. in jesus mighty name you believe that Hallelujah, debts being paid off, mortgages being paid off, car payments being paid off, credit cards being paid off, things that the holes that people have dug themselves in being paid off in Jesus name. Hallelujah. And we're going to step into a time. of prosperity where we're not going to need loans from banks. If you needed a loan, you'd be getting it. If you're a young person needing a loan or whatever, you'd be getting it from another believer in Jesus' name. Hey, you just pay me back for over five years, 0% interest in Jesus' name. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God, I'm giving you today, if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll always be on top and never the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I'm giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Hallelujah. I wrote on my page, 2022 will be a year that property is coming into your hands. Set your faith to it. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. You better start getting your if you see a property, you better start getting your eyes on it and start pointing to it, saying that's mine in Jesus name. But John, someone actually lives there. Well, they don't they may live there now, but they ain't going to live there for long. (laughs) Yeah. Sure. Come on up. Share it. and We'll close the service out with that.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in with me as I shared the Word of God. If you would like to become more than just a casual listener and want to give to our ministry, you can do so in the following ways. For credit or debit, go to www.nbchuntington.org donate. For PayPal, you can send it to NBC Huntington. For Cash App, use dollar sign capital NBC HTX 20. Thank you so much. I pray God blesses you abundantly. Until next time, this is John Wallace.